Full Scope, a podcast designed to analyze the games that we love, the headlines of music, and the moments we can't forget. I'm your host, Quincy Burns, let my counterpart stay on boards. How's it going? What's going on, man? It's, it's a good day. It's a good day to do some podcasts. Yeah, Absolutely. Um, and we have a lot of topics to get into, um, as usual. Obviously, some NFL ones, because we're just literally a couple weeks from the season starting. Um, NBA topics, and we're going to do some album reviews in the second half. We're going to do a review of the, uh, the John Ball um, documentary. To start off with thoughts on, you know, the Colts giving John Jonathan Taylor permission to seek a trade. Um, this recent news is also combined with the fact that Indianapolis uh, will be seeking significant trade compensation and the team's looking for a first-round draft pick. Um, we mentioned a couple episodes ago about the dispute with Jonathan Taylor and Jim Ursay, what that was going to cause, and now they're finally letting him have, have what he wants to do, um, have, like, have, have his way. Uh, what, do you, what did you think about this update and just, you know, what this means for him going forward? I think it's bad news for him, to be yeah. completely honest with you. Just looking at <laughs> this is the worst thing he could want is a trade from the Colts. I think he should have played out this year. Just looking at what the Colts were going through last year, four and twelve. Uh they were third in the um in the third in uh AFC South. It just didn't look like they were going to be a good team last year from the jump. Even when Matt Ryan, Matt Ryan even said it was yeah. an S show. <laughs> but just looking at the running game, I knew Jonathan Taylor is, is a great running back, but looking at the running game, they were 23rd in the league. And there's not like they were the top 10 right. in rushing. But now you're looking at a situation, they're not going to value with, with the money. They're not going to pay you. They want you to play it out. Now, if you do find a team that's going to see your value, now they're going to have to pay a hand in a, in, a, in a dollar just to get you in, in draft picks, and that's what the coach wanted to do in the beginning. So I don't think a team is going to be enticed enough with a, a running game. that he, They average 109 yards. It's, it's yeah. really good. But I don't see any other team giving up a first-round pick for Jonathan Taylor when running backs, like we talked about the last couple mm-hmm. of podcasts, that <laughs> running backs are so uh, so often – yeah, the value and they they get drafted. They free agent guys pop up out of nowhere, just like Jonathan Taylor popped. I don't know. We didn't know he was going to transpire to be this this uh, elusive running back in the NFL. Yeah, he was good in college, but we didn't know it was going to transfer into yeah. the NFL. But now he's in a bad position. I don't think any organization is going to give up a first round draft pick for him. And and it's sad. He's going to have to stay tough it out and show his value and show why they should have paid him and why a team should have got a draft pick for him. But it's a sticky situation for John and Taylor. He's got to suck yeah. it up. It, it really is. Cause a lot of times in these situations, these, these players, they have eventually do get what they want. I mean, the requests um, it, it is granted, but then they're, they're like, okay, this is actually not what I, what I wanted to happen. I'm going to really have to show what my worth is and, and, and value. So that's going to be really interesting, really interesting to see how, how that um, plays out for him. But now moving on to the Ravens' expectations and just how they, they could do this here. Um, it's interesting because a lot of times teams are picked. Like before the, before the season, there's like a trendy pick. Like last year, it was the Bills. Everybody was on the Bills train. Now it seems like a lot of teams are yeah. on the Ravens' train and they're really kind of um, uh, 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 just really high on what this team could potentially do. Um, they're obviously going to be in the mix. And the addition of Odell, along with getting Zay Flowers, was, was really critical. Um, and, and plus getting a new offensive coordinator. But what do you re- realistically envision for this team? Um, because they're going to be in, in, a, in a packed division, as always. Um, the Bengals are, are still going to be a threat. Um, but overall, how do you see this team faring out this year? 
Well, yeah, the hype is on. Robert Griffin III Ryan is talking Clark. about a former player <laughs> for uh, the <laughs> Ryan Clark is talking about it. Uh, it was a lot of speculation. So this is this is the beauty about it. It was a lot of speculation of if they're going to sign Lamar Jackson, what are they doing? Are they going to add more pieces? Is Lamar going to come back? Where is yeah. Lamar going to go? There was a lot of speculation in the offseason that this was not going to even come to fruition of team of people. Spect- spectators and fans are gaining excited yeah. about the, the Baltimore Ravens season. So now we look at it as, okay, Lamar Jackson got his contract. You saw Obel, uh, Odell Beckham Jr. You get some difference in pieces. You just signed Jadavion Clowney to the defense. So it's looking it, it's looking good for them. They they I think on paper they look good. And I think this year I'm looking for what Lamar Jackson, Lamar Jackson can do more. I want him to see him to be a, a better pocket passer. There's a lot of hoorah. Obviously, this team is going to be exciting. They're gonna they're gonna yeah. run a lot. They're gonna uh, you know obviously get that one on one on the outside with OBJ because they run a lot in a tight end dumps a lot of that. So they're gonna spring it around a little bit. They have a spread offense now. They have a new offensive coordinator. But I want to see Lamar Jackson be a better pocket passer. I want them to 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 be a, uh, a defense, to be threatened yeah. by your passing game. Yeah, they're going to come down. They're going to stack the box. A lot of cover three, probably cover zero mm-hmm. zone, and force you to throw the ball. I want him to take that off the window. I want I him, him to be yeah. afraid uh, of his – yeah, fear him of his passing game. But I'm I'm on the bandwagon too. <laughs> <laughs> Just looking at what they have done. They had a deep ball threat. I, Hollywood dropped a lot of passes during his tenure with the Ravens, I, and I think it's it was mostly – mostly him, but I think with OBJ and, and the extended of running backs and everybody selfie, I think this offense is going to be crazy. The defense, I think, is going to take some time to get acclimated. They're going to be good now, but I think it's going to be take like three or four games for them to, to buy in and solidify themselves as one of the top defenses in the NFL. But the offense is going to be straight out the gate. It's yeah. going to be fun. But if I can nitpick and if I can think about what I want to see from the Ravens and, and Lamar Jackson is that pocket presence is that becoming a fear with your arm. And I think Ben Roethlisberger said it like people don't fear his arm. They will. They will. And I got I got yeah, a hunch on it. Absolutely. We know what Lamar Jackson could be. And that's why every year when like, yeah. I think about it, they almost beat this, the Bengals without him in that. That shows you how, how tough yes. of a team, like, like, you know, how good of a team, well-coached team that was. Like, like we forget about that, but that was an extremely close game. So with Lamar back and with the, all the additions they had, I, you know, they could they could really be a, be a force if things um, um, click a, along for them. Uh, now moving on to thoughts on Jim Harbaugh's suspension. This was the, the big news earlier this week. Uh, this past Monday, uh, Michigan self-imposed a three-game suspension for Harbaugh, stemming from alleged violations during COVID-19. Um, he'll make his return from Michigan's Big Ten opener September 23rd against the Rutgers. Um, what were your thoughts? Because obviously we mentioned, you mentioned this a lot about, hey, there are a lot of skeletons in the closet for some of these uh, uh, teams that we just never mentioned, yes. but they're going <laughs> to yes. be brought into the light. Uh, what did you think about this announcement? And just, you know, obviously this is this is a state of affairs for, co- for many college football teams and now it's happening for Michigan. Why now? Uh, um, this... Th- Obviously, you do investigation is going to take some time, but why now? Why? Why two thousand and twenty three? That was three <laughs> years ago, right? There was three seasons, past seasons ago. Why wait now um, to to penalize your team for something they did during COVID? And every team violated mm-hmm. <laughs> violated those uh, um, criteria and you know whatever. So 
I just didn't understand why they do it to, to Harbaugh now. But but I love him. I, I love him as a coach so much. He already has a game plan. He said everybody's going to be the head coach, not just one coach. The uh, special teams coach is going to get it for the first week. I think the defensive coordinator is going to be the head <laughs> coach. The second. So he has a plan of who's going. He was like, everybody's going to be the coach. There's not going to be interim. Everybody's going to get a chance. And I love that because now that's a dream oh, yeah. of any coach on any level is to be a head coach, right? So now they get the opportunity to do it, and he's giving them the opportunity to do it and get that experience, even if it's for like a week or a short period of time. But I asked I asked NCAA, why now? Who is the delay? Why not the last year? Just, they never make any sense. Like, yes. why are you a three year delay? Come on, like, what is that really going to do? <laughs> That's insane. Players have yeah. graduated. The players you probably <laughs> they got by graduated. Update like what? <laughs> so yeah, why now? What? Hold up. Y'all put it on me for three years now? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't yeah, know I don't those even kids know anymore. <laughs> right. Um, and, and now I'm moving on to to our, our next um, topic. This, this has obviously been a, a major uh, discussion this week. Um, Steph Curry, greatest point guard ever discussion. Uh, he was uh, asked this on, on Gilbert Arena's podcast and, um, you know, confidently said that he deserved that top spot. And I expect, I don't, I don't want anybody to yeah. say that they're not like, when they're as good as Steph, I want you to be want you to say like yes, I yes I am. And and then the news of Michael Jordan texting Stephen A. <laughs> which also did that really happen? Because because weird. Like, <laughs> That's so weird. He said, bro. That is so Savon, weird. He said the exact time five fifty four. I'm not gonna tell somebody. Hey, yo! He was excited. Look, <laughs> text me at five. Hey, five in the morning. Said, "Come on, man! Come on! All right, you excited, you're, Michael you're Jordan? Text you. I understand. You have him in your contact. Whoop de doo. Doesn't mean he's right. That's what I'm saying. And my and my point of this conversation is, um, a lot of times I think the legacy and the past or something like Magic Johnson is without question, top five greatest player ever. Yes. Re, you know, he came into a point when yes. the league was the league was really dying. Like, David Stern, he needed somebody to take over and, like, bring life into the league. Like, he was a star. Him and him and Bird, what they did, yes. that is always going to be untouchable. But I think there's also a thing of mm-hmm. not also respecting what's happening now. And Steph is rewriting what the league is looking yes. like. He's, he's, a, he's created a different prototype. Everything that he's done, especially when you saw that 2022 season, when he was able to win the finals against the Celtics, get his finals MVP, that showed you, hey, he just didn't need a KD or, or this and that. Steph can do it on his own. He's not right. just a guy who's dependent on somebody yes. else. And I feel like that's why you, I would put him at that that greatest point guard ever, because Steph has transcended the game and he's made other players want to play like him. Even even bigs want to want to pull up from three like Steph. Um, but to you, what what do you think about this conversation, this, this debate about is Steph or Magic the greatest point guard? I thought about it for a while, and I see you post about it, and we oh, yeah, talked right. about yeah, it did. briefly on one of our one of our one of our shows. I think Steph Curry is the best point guard that ever played, and for multiple reasons. And and before I get to those reasons, Magic Johnson transcended, like you said, the the evolution. Of the point guard because he's a big six guy. Nine. I think yeah. six nine, six ten playing point guard, flashy. Yeah, big guy. Never seen it before. Flashy guy. Wrong. 
put life back into basketball, also took it out for a little bit because of his situation. But that's neither here nor there. I'm not trying to bring that up for court. I'm just saying he brought life back to, for basketball. Steph Curry really ch- like changed the game. Not just the position. He changed the game. Small ball is because of Steph Curry. Completely. The evolution of the big is because of Steph Curry. The the range is because of Steph Curry. The penalties that they get on the three-point line is because of Steph Curry and James (laughs) Harden. So he's changed the game. We're talking about the evolution. Magic Johnson, yes, he revived the game of basketball. Michael Jordan then changed the game of basketball, right? Then LeBron James changed the game of basketball. And then Steph Curry changed the game of basketball. Larry Bird and Magic Johnson, they revived it. These guys changed it. Literally changed how you how you cover a guy. They're covering Steph at the, <laughs> at the, at the half, the half court. court. They're like, get, get on him now. Get on him now. <laughs> get on him now. And then you look at the plays that are called – to get these guys yeah. open, started, and, and you know, I was everybody say the, the the triangle, all these plays, those were fine, but there's a lot of plays, a lot of moving screens, a lot of things that have been implemented for Steph, Clay, all these guys. But it, it started with right. Steph Curry. He's changed how people cover these guys. He's changed how to get open. Like it's so many things, and he did it at a six-two-six-three frame, skinniest crap. Didn't had to work his way up. He didn't come in being just crazy. His brother went to a bigger school. That's than he true. Did. Yeah. So it's all the things he had to over. Yeah, he went to Davidson. Yeah. Brother went to Duke. <laughs> didn't know that for a while. It's I was like, oh, what the Duke? He also went to Liberty for, for a little bit. But, That's yeah. Tyler. He went to Liberty, and I think he was there at the same time. Same time Tyler. Was there. <laughs> he did. He did. <laughs> That is yeah. that's real crazy. I what if <laughs> yeah, Tyler went to any of the games. But yeah, I mean, Steph Curry is the, the greatest point guard that ever played. He has changed the game, small ball, the, the evolution of bigs. It's it's so much, so many things that Steph Curry has done that you cannot just negate. Obviously, everybody's gonna say Magic Johnson, Lake Show, he and the did all Lake the show, flash I just want to say that this. The, the game. Lake Show was unlike anything ever. I'm I'm never I am not going to ever – when I'm saying this, it's going to sound like, oh, you're putting down magic in the show. No, I'm not. I, I'm saying what the Showtime Lakers was was box office. That was like we'll never get that again. I'm just saying when we're talking about basketball, yes. just just basketball yes. one-on-one in terms of what I'm seeing. Yeah, individual play, that's why I would give the edge. As you yes. Said. And I mean – and, and I'm, I've seen him real time also. Yes, for sure. The Lake Show revived the yeah. game. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Real time, Lake Show revived the game. Steph Curry changed the game. It's it's simple as that. It's simple as that. New, basketball is where it is right now because of Curry. Absolutely. Um, and, and now getting on to our next topic with Shakari Richardson winning world the world championship uh, 100 meter title. Um, in her debut at track and fields world athletic championships in Budapest, Hungary on, on Monday, she took home the 100 meter gold. This was also personal best time for, for her and championship record at 10.65 uh, second run. Um, this is obviously the last time we saw her, she, she had, she had the loss. Um, uh, and a lot of the, the, the Jamaican runners, there was, they, they kind of really relished that, that win uh, uh, for them, for the, for themselves. And now she's able to come back and have a really strong statement. What did you think about this for her? And also just what it means for her going forward, kind of having that reconfidence 
um, boost it again. Yeah, th- I- I'm glad she won. And just flashback, when she lost against all of these ladies from Jamaica, she was like 19. Yeah, that's crazy. She was a freshman in college. Wow. People were tearing her down, killing her. She was a 19-year-old girl, freshman year of college. Hasn't even reached her peak yet. 19. 19, guys. That's insane. She 19. She has not reached her peak yet then. Look at her now. I'm everybody who rooted against her, do not praise Please. her. Please do not praise her. You don't <laughs> deserve it. And she doesn't want it. Let's go, Shikari. Because go. y'all brought down a night. I'm like, no, nah, we saw what you were yeah, saying last yeah, year. Yeah, oh, she would. Yeah, no. No. Y'all didn't like what she was. She was she was a young girl, freshman year of college, going against yeah. grown women who've been in it for years, who has the experience. This is her first time running in this big time. And look at her now. I hope she doesn't lose for the rest until she's like 30. Almost beat. Almost, almost beat one of the greatest run women runners of all time. No one else have gotten close to that, but she did. Give her put some respect on her name. Let's go, bro. Like, yeah, bro. I was so excited. I was so excited for her because I was rooting for her from day one. And and that's and that's a very interesting thing. Like the ebbs and flows of a young um, athlete, and especially her in, in 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 the in the track arena. It's it's so crazy. Like, like, what do you think that that does to a mentality of, of a you know of a young person when they're that young? They're getting criticism, and they're like, "How do I bounce back? How do I get to that?" Like, like, what do you what did you what do you think about just the mentality that of the that that type of person has to have to really kind of get back at this stage and show everybody again, "Hey, I'm going to be around for a long time," and that was just a a, a blimp on my radar. You just look at where she's from, man. You look at the background she comes from. You gotta have, you gotta look at adversity in, in its face. You gotta eat adversity like its flavor. Yeah. Like there's so many things you have to overcome for for a person like her. And she's got this colorful hair, braids, long nails, and somebody did it before her. Exactly. <laughs> she's and not the only one. You, this, she's yeah, exactly. <laughs> she exactly. She's looked at as like she's an outcast, like she she right. doesn't belong. And I'm pretty sure she's she's felt this all her life. So to be able to work this hard, not kill the naysayers, because she's been grinding for the past two years and everybody's been really quiet. She's been winning races back to back, 200 in the 100 meter. And now she wins the big time. Never, not everybody hey, wants to praise her. Everybody was say, quiet. They scream out my failures yeah. and whisper my accomplishments. <laughs> hey, you better understand. Drizzy Drake, Drizzy Drizzy, yo, like, that's so fitting. That's the perfect quote for her. That's a that's a yeah. perfect quote for her, yeah. man. Oh uh, man, so I mean, just her being able to to overcome and, and face adversity and not run from it and understand who she is, and she says that all the time. People like me, wh- wh- how I talk, like who who I am, just remember right. who I am, and I, I love that. I love that for her. I, I wish, I wish, I hope she keeps this up. And that she's the she's the person to be. I hope she turns into the same roll. boat that nobody could beat her. She go on a roll. yeah, go on a yeah, roll, go absolutely. crazy. I want to say I definitely see her see her going on going a crazy run. Um, and not just to our to our album reviews and our first one with Quavo's Rocket Power. Um, in his new album, he reflects on the past and the takeoff and you know where his career and life is headed. Um, most of the color and intrigue uh, come from the pr- production, and, and, and there's um, uh, a 
couple, I think two or three songs with Takeoff actually on it um, before his passing. And, you know, it, it's interesting because, you know, we reviewed the Infinity Links, the Quavon Takeoff album from last year, kind of gave some thoughts on that. And, and also just also looking at the Migos after the, the, the breakup and seeing like which individual guy is really good and comfortable. Like to me, Offset is very comfortable being a solo artist. Uh, uh, t- Takeoff had some moments. Yeah. Quavo to me is hit or miss. He has some moments, and then uh, then uh, and that's what I yes. feel from this project. There, there were hit or miss. Like some some parts, yeah, it was high level production. Then other parts, I feel as though it just got repetitive and redundant. Almost like what we said about the Gunna album, um, and, and why it just didn't connect for yes. me. I thought there were a lot of redundant parts. Not saying that there there weren't some high moments because Quavo with the production and the producer he works with, he's going to have high moments. But I think. This was a hit or miss album. Yes. There were some, there were some highs, but there were also some some extreme lows. Uh, to you, what were your initial thoughts on, on this project and and just how you overall felt about it? I couldn't have said it better myself. I think that's that's spot on, bro. It was it was hit yeah. or miss. There was there was highs and lows. There were a couple of misses with the album songs. There were a couple of misses with the songs. I thought he he think I thought he thought that he could be um, single songs, but man. I just just thinking about what you said about the Migos, I think Quavo yeah. was the face. Uh, uh, Takeoff was the best, better rapper, and I think Offset is the better uh, solo, so artist, solo artist, like you just said. <laughs> yeah, I, and I think he fits better. I think he, he and he gets better um, um, features that fit his style as well. Like he can, I think Offset is is one of the most versatile one, uh, and then Takeoff was the better rapper. Quavo was the face. So now you just you're the face, you're a solo artist, you can't withstand because those guys helped you in so many ways. Because most of the times he didn't have the best verses. Yeah. It was either take off yeah, or sure. offset. And sometimes he'll sneak in there with a good verse, but he was the, you know, he was the hook guy. Yeah. He was the face. So yeah, it was it was hit or miss. Some of these songs I'm like, okay, skip. Okay, skip. Okay, this be hard. Boom. Yeah, there were some I was like, yeah, okay, the beat is undeniable. But stick it overall, out. it didn't it didn't have I'm not going back to this a lot it was a lot of ingredients missed it wasn't seasoned this 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 album was definitely seasoned it was uh it was bland <laughs> it wasn't wasn't seasoned at all couldn't i even, couldn't man uh, I, I was uh it, it was uh t- earlier today because I, I listened to the album once and i was like do i want to re-listen to this i was like um <laughs> i think all right i think I already yeah. After one I listen, think, there are some albums where about you know before we got reviewed, I'm like, oh, I gotta listen to this one again. This one was like, I'm good. Yeah, I'm okay. I got I got the message. And I listened to it because he had he yeah. had takeoff on it. I, I listened takeoff to it. He so had special, takeoff man. on it. And, so know, special. Yeah, I, I enjoyed yes. takeoff versus um yeah. He made most of the saying. songs. And sometimes he was at the end. I never understood. It's like, why is Takeoff at the end? Uh, <laughs> Guy's actually like the he's, best. He's the better rapper <laughs> he's out better than all y'all. Yes. I, I guess say the best for last, but I don't know. But yeah, this 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 uh, wasn't it. This definitely wasn't um, it. And now getting to our next um, album review with, with Reasons Porches. Um, in his new project, it definitely captures his, his aspiration for greatness. And you know he really brings you into, into his world. Plus, he just has an undeniable skill in, in articulating experiences that set him apart. Um, I, I feel as though Reason came back with a project that was very introspective. It was um, it was a lot of honesty packed into it, and I, and I and I don't know if, if I'm going to yeah. say like because New Beginnings is, is still like just <laughs> so good. It's hard. It's hard to top that. I, I can't. We're yeah, on I can't the same even. Page. I, can't, I just I can't say that. I, I can't. I can't go there. 
But I, I think for, no. for for the weight, it, no. I, I think it, it was a good project. It was it was um reason it, like the lyricism, the flow, all of that is still really good. And and there and there are some songs I felt because this was a bit of a longer project for him. It was it was about like maybe eighteen songs. So, yeah. Um, it, I was kind of surprised by that, mm-hmm. but overall, I, I did think this was a was a really good project. Um, what did you think about this this album overall and, and some of the takeaways? Yeah, it, it this this hurts uh, my heart to be honest with you because I became I've become a, a reasons fan and just listening to this album. I think at first I heard um, resemblance of Kendrick. And somehow how they mix and master and some of his, his beats starting off. And then then you get to reason being reason. I think concept wise, I think he has to be better. Con- I think it was I think it was a dope concept. But with the songs that you select and choose and you create has to be stronger. This was a dope concept. Don't get me wrong. Porches, what porches mean. It has a, a negative effect, but you twist it around to have a positive effect. I love that. But the songs didn't correlate to the concept. Some of the songs where I'm like, you could have left. That's what I was off. saying. There were some. There were some. Fill, there were a lot of filler yeah. songs. I was surprised. There was a lot of like excess on this album. Yes, he should have trimmed the fat. It was. I think he was overzealous because he's yeah, been he out. To get fans he hasn't dropped in a whole a long time. Yeah, and I mean, it's not like he hasn't had a presence. Him dropping singles, him doing freestyles, being present on Instagram. But I think he. This was. He was overzealous. He could have trimmed the fat. Some of these songs didn't go. Um, some of the songs I thought he was too playful. Um, especially uh You Better, Jesus Take the Wheel. That song should have like Jesus Take Oh man. I did not like it. It was it, it should never made it. It, it was, was too it was casual, it was too playful, and it it really didn't it really didn't add anything yeah. to the it album. It wasn't necessary for the album. Yeah. It didn't it wasn't necessary. That's what we're talking about, trimming the fat. It was, I don't think it, it added to the message, added to the strength of the album. So like it's it's like three songs that I looked at. I'm like, yo, he could have did without. Like gang, gang-ish. I thought he could have did without. There was there were some songs I was like, okay, okay, that's the reason. That's but it reason. took it took too that's long reason. to like hear okay. the real reason. It's like yes. he was trying to be like Kendrick yes, the bro. first half, and then he's just like, okay, I'm gonna be reason again. Thank you. Thank you. Cause I was like, they mixed his stuff like they did yeah. Kendrick stuff. Like, mm, let him be reason. I know he's supposed to be the new face of TDE, but let him be reason. New Beginnings was such a beautiful project. This project out of five stars, this is a two. This is a two, bro. This this really did not hit like I thought. The concept is amazing. He had too many songs that he could have trimmed off. His bars were. What, what did you think? What, he was going lyrical. Into the album, what did you think we were going to give the the this the star from like? Remember, I said I didn't, I didn't I like want that. Ex- yeah, yeah. expectations. Yeah, I, and I went into it, and so I was like the first, even the first song. I'm like. I wanted to skip it, but I was like, no, give it a chance. Just go through everything. Just go up. through it. Cause the last the the, the intro to the, the the new beginnings, bro, that beat. And then like bro, and it did this didn't flow well. He used a lot of audio 
with you know trying to bridge the porch and the the the, the people the sound bites and stuff you know what cd artists who you know you know what cd cd artists who dropped a second album that didn't disappoint us SZA. who's that <laughs> she's the face SZA. of cd she's the face of cd bro it's her it's her she it's gotta her. be bro everybody's tried it's her she's only put out two albums <laughs> but they're amazing but they're she's both they're both amazing <laughs> This did not do what I thought. Like, I was so hyped, bro. Like, mm, yeah, this wasn't it, bro. This, yeah, mm -mm, this wasn't it. This, I need him to get better at the song arrangement Mm -hmm. for the concept. The concept concept is beautiful, spot on, marketing, beautiful, but the songs have to correlate. Some of them did, like, um, uh, too much, too much was Gina. Family first. I don't like, I don't trust you. Like the second half, the second half is when he started being reasons. Like you said, like that's when, okay. All right. That's reason. He's a, you're a poet, bro. You are a stronger Wale. Mm. You're just a more hood Wale. You're a poet, bro. You have the ability just like Wale to do like up-tempo songs, have those radio hits, but you are a poet. You are, your writing and your bar ability is in your voice is what makes you, you. And I didn't get the, I didn't hear no bars really. Like I didn't, I just heard lyricism. Like, but yeah, man, it just wasn't, okay, I'm off this. It yeah, wasn't we, what we, I thought. We, was this was be. a high, highly anticipated album, album from, for, for us. We, we, uh, <laughs> the disappointment in your face, because yeah. guys, Savon is so such sick, a big bro. reason. I'm telling you, I'm not exaggerating when I say this. He is, and so I, I was bro. really, and that's the thing. We don't ever we. There've been a couple times you texted me about an album, but most of the times we don't even know what the other one thinks about it. We just go into no. like the last time you, you told me what you thought about an album was with the night the 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 morning after Summer Walker dropped her, and you told me she's back. That was the like because that one yes. was undeniable. That was like yes. a classic. Yes. Oh, <laughs> that one was goodness. just. I was she's like, back. yes, she's back. <laughs> so, and then I text you, hey, bro, let's uh let's review New yep. Beginnings because I finally listened to it. Let's I was it. like, oh my yeah. goodness, he's yeah. next, but he's yeah he got some work to do. He's, he's definitely got to get back in, in the lab, and and, and that's. The, it's almost like how we say that that sophomore that sophomore slump with a lot of artists we they either they either have a sophomore album that is undeniable and it's just great or they just have an album that's just it's okay but it's nothing it's not it's not memorable so yeah that, that's really the the, the lineation between no. between artists many times um and now getting to our next review with Mick, Jen- Mick Jenkins the the patience um in this new project there's a compelling interplay between hard hitting impactful hip hop and, and gentle soothing beats. Um, Jenkins just possesses an intellect and fervor that shines throughout this album and his lyrics. And this was an exceptional, exceptional project to me. I, I really enjoyed it. It sounded different because a lot of the albums this year have been, there have been good albums, but there haven't been those just like amazing ones like, oh, I got to go back to that. Like like to me, like the Black Thought album, um, the Killer Mike album, those were a couple albums that I'm like, okay, I got to go back to that. Those were like, you know, moment type albums. Yeah. But this one is another one I feel like it can grow into that. It could be, you know, by the end of the year, it could be one of those albums I'm like, hey, I'm still listening to this. This is one I'm still replaying. Uh, to, to you overall, what, what did you think about this album? Yo, this is this was dope. Mick Jenkins is starting to grow on me. He has a 
he's not your prototypical uh, Chicago rapper, right? And I call he's an MC. He's not. I'm not gonna call him a rapper. Yeah. He's an MC. He's like that old school uh, type of vibes. He doesn't. He doesn't. He doesn't shy away from being lyrical. And sometimes he'll throw some bars in there, but he's more lyrical, more aggressive, um, and trying to be different, more aggressive in um, in his beat selection. I, I love this beat selection. There's is a couple of songs I'm like, yo, yo, you, and then he slides <laughs> on, and he find he, he slides like it's it's so interesting. I know he can do any other type of rapping, and. Yeah, he's 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 yeah, he's gonna be he's gonna be type of uh, rapper that grows on people, and this album is, is gonna be it's gonna grow on some people as well. It's growing on me. Like the first listen, I was like, this is this is cool. Like this is hip hop. Like he's 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 very lyrical. He punch. He know how to punch, and he doesn't really do a lot of ad libs. Like I, yeah, he's the type of rapper is gonna have to grow on you. But once he does, you gotta become a fan. And I'm going back. I've, I've got some like Carefree, um, that album I listened to. Uh, got a couple songs I listened to, but I'm starting to go back and listen to all his older tracks and like trying to like get them in my system because he's yes. dope. This guy is really good. He, like you said, the beats he he the beats that are picked for him coincide with his voice and what works for him. And that's a lot of times yes. a lot of artists. <clears throat> I'm not gonna say a lot, but there's some. Some artists you can just tell the beat selection does not go with go with their voice. It, it, it doesn't it doesn't match, um, as we've talked about sometimes with, with different reviews. Um, and, yes. and like like you said, like do you think he's gonna be one of those artists that, like you said, can almost every album delve into something different, maybe a different sound? Because because it, it really feels as though like he has a type of just talent that he can really di- diversify his skill set and kind of go into any type of lane he wants to. Oh, for sure. And I think he's this style he's been doing for a while, like since he's like, like, like he said in 2004, he ain't changed. <laughs> he ain't changed that much. <laughs> so I think he's been doing this for a long time. And I think with, with this sound, it's going to take a long time for people to like, you know, jump on the bandwagon and become a true fan. And I think he's, he's so consistent. I think he's going to be underrated for a while uh, because of how he raps, his style of rap. He doesn't have any like, Radio right. tracks. Yeah. It's not more commercial. so straight hip hop. M M singing. Yeah, not commercial. If he does sing, like it's more of like a like them old like you know how yes. old school dudes be singing on tracks or whatever. And um, that's Smoke Break Dance was fire. JID man, his uh, <laughs> his verse was his verse was nasty. His verse was really nasty. JID his last another forever story. I still I still listen to it. I still listen to it. Yeah, that's fire. That one was definitely fire. That boy is just gifted. He can do any and everything on the track, and he finds different ways to just bring it out. I just, I'm baffled yeah. at times. I some <clears throat> sometimes I'm thinking I'm I'm gifted because I find certain ways, but this man has a bag that is rare to some people in the world. He has a bag of tricks. It does. I've never hear, heard him on a track use the same type of cadence, same type of, it's always something different when he raps. It's not the same thing. Even in his long track, like his long albums, he always finds something different. Anywho, but yeah, this uh, Mick Jenkins album was, I think it was yeah. solid. And uh, I think I got to listen to it a couple more times to like get it in my system. Man. An exceptional album. Um, and now it's just going to our next view with Maida's When I Hear Your Name. Um, in her latest project from back in June, featuring production from, from Pharrell and Kate Renata. She takes us, takes us back to the bare bones of R&B and her sultry uh, love for Drench Project. And, I, I, you know, I think the last time we reviewed uh, something from Maida was her EP, 
um, about from from last year, and then and then with this with this album, man, like I've been looking for like some R and B albums to like really enjoy. This this is one I'm going to like be playing a lot. I think yes. it's just she's a she's a talent. She's an exceptional talent, bro. And, and, and I think every every feature on here where she just alone as a forget the features, she alone as an artist is just so intriguing. She, she her, her her voice the, the tone of, of the of just the soundscape is always just so precise everything everything the production just always sounds precise with her eps and her albums it just every, everything mm-hmm. just sounds on point uh yes. to you overall what did you think about this album and some of your some of your main thoughts you put me on her the ep that's my first time listening to it i've been saving a bunch of her music um i think this album was very dope bro especially that um the one Free Nationals that she did uh, live. I was like, oh, she can sing like that? She could she could break it down and sing like that? Wow. Yeah, she has range. She's versatile. Like, even her up-tempo songs are just crazy. And I love her writing ability, too. Like, I love the concept. The concept she, she brings and her writing ability and being special with uh, being able to to perform with live bands and make music with live bands as well as writing with dope producer. Yeah. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back with our own untold Johnny football review. Welcome back to the show. Now we're getting into our Untold Johnny Football Review, and we're joined by a special guest, Trent Morales. He's been on for, for many past uh, episodes. Thanks so much for being back on, man. What's going on, fellas? How y'all doing? Doing good. Doing good. Not the red solo cup. <laughs> hey, I'm drinking that red water, boy. Cup. I'm drinking that water, <laughs> boy. Of this episode. You can already tell what they <laughs> Sponsored by Red Solo. Yes. First Sponsored by Johnny Football, baby. Let's go. Um, Shout out to LSU going 2-0 against Johnny Football. <laughs> um, but but to start the overview, this documentary traces the, the meteor rise and precipitous fall of football star Johnny Menzel. The interviews with friends, coaches, and, and Menzel himself. This was also directed by Ryan Duffy and um, to, to start it off, I mean, th- this is such a it, it's such, such an interesting period because, like, when he l- even looking at Texas A and M going to the SEC, like that was such a huge change at that at that moment. Looking back at it, because back, you know, we're used to seeing them in the SEC now, but looking back at just how big of a move that was, that was crazy. And then what what Johnny Manziel was able to do revenue wise for that team and just putting them on the map, that was an insane run. But Looking at looking at the your initial thoughts of this documentary, how it was put together, Trenton, uh, what did you think about it, and just you know uh, what stood out early on? Um, well, I mean, when I saw the announcement about it, I said I, I'm watching this. There's no question about it. Uh, I, I knew I was going to watch it by myself. My wife, to this day, I mean, what almost 14 years later, does not like Johnny Football. I mean, she loves football, <laughs> but she does not like Johnny Menzel, and. Uh, so I knew I was be watching this one on my own, but uh, but when, yeah, when I watched it, I mean, I, you know, watched it, I was like, I, I thought this was a really, it was put together really well. Um, you know, I, I almost wish they probably would have done like, like maybe like forty five minute episodes and kind of spent a little more time yeah, on some things. I mean, they, they really kind of like truncated a lot of stuff, and and but you know what? But also looking back on it now, now that I think about it, it's like, you know, I don't know if I want to spend a whole episode on like Johnny Menzel's drug use. 
or like Johnny Menzel, like, you know, and kind of like his spiral that he went through after he left Texas A&M. Um, but, you know, yeah, overall, I thought it was really well done. Um, I mean, obviously, it, it became really nostalgic for me because <clears throat> me. Um, I remember I was actually in uh, – my wife and I were at an Alabama football game that, that – when, when they talk about that first big SEC game against Florida in College Station, we were in Brian Denny Stadium in a box suite uh, for the, the doctor that she worked for at the time. And I remember, like, watching it on TV. I was like, what is – what is Florida doing right now? This is Texas A&M. They're coming for the Big 12, right? We should be mowing these guys down. Of course, they end up winning the game. But, like, I remember that. I think there was like one play in the game where he, like, Manziel sneaked in for a touchdown. It's like, oh, this dude. Okay, he's got something he's got to something. him, right? And then just, I mean, it just kind of took off from there. Um, you know, as they said in the documentary, they just kind of got to the point where they said, all right, just go do your thing. And the rest, as they say, is history. So obviously, it, you know, at that point in time, I was you know in my early twenties. So it was, really, it was a really impressionable time. You know, you know early in marriage, we, you know, we we watched football every Saturday as a young couple, and you know, it just caught us at the right time. So that would always be something that kind of like sticks in my mind of like watching Johnny football do what he did over that over the course of those two years. Um, and those documentaries kind of like you know brought it back of like, oh man, like he actually did run through everybody on that season. Um, and even to the point like where, where, they, where Cliff Kingsbury said that uh, a dude played a game hungover and like dropped 50 points on Mississippi State. <laughs> I'm like, of course he did. Of course. Of course he did. <laughs> uh, it, it, I wouldn't expect anything else. I, I would say there was nothing in that that surprised me. Like even when they revealed that, oh, hey, we lied about the family money. I was like, oh, of course you lied about the family money. You know, it, it nothing, none of that surprised me at all. It was funny because because um, because me and Tyler we we watched it and he said when he was looking at that second season he's like you know what you can actually say that that second year he Manziel was even better than his first year because he was even completely great as yeah. electric even more electric mm-hmm. in some ways he's just as a passer like you know the running yeah. obviously you saw that more so in the first but as a passer he was even more yeah. seasoned and was just picking apart even though the, the team record wasn't as good he was picking apart defenses you know with in, in, in so much with so much ease. Um, but, but to, to you, Savon, what did you? What were your initial thoughts of this documentary, and just you know, the nostalgia factor of, of it as well? Because I think a lot of people got nostalgia looking back at this one. Yeah, um, this this documentary, it was it was uh, like I had mixed emotions about it, and I think this was a slap to in the face of Reggie Bush, just thinking about what he had to go through, and then now they're parading Johnny Manziel's career around. Yeah. Like he didn't do some foul things and he didn't break so many rules that he still has his Heisman trophy. Yeah. Now they're doing a documentary on it and just literally parading it around to I don't I didn't understand the why they wanted this documentary out about Johnny Manziel. Like we haven't seen or heard him on a podcast doing interviews in the past six, seven years about what he did at Texas A&M or what he did when he was in Miami signing all these autographs and getting money for it. Like, I know all this stuff. We I, we had somebody in Pensacola who played linebacker while he was there named Steven Jenkins. He was number 45, then he went to number eight. He was there where Vaughn Miller was there. So we heard stories about how, what Johnny Menzel was doing yeah. at Texas A&M when he was coming back 
home. So it's not nothing that I, I haven't heard of or known about since Johnny Mitchell has been at, out of Texas A&M. But I do think this is a slap in the face for Reggie Bush, who got his uh, Heisman Trophy, who I think was a better face of the NCAA oh, and a better face sure. of his his team than Johnny Manziel was. Yeah, because he got his took for taking money, and we already knew who Johnny Manziel <laughs> was getting money. Yeah. from all this stuff, and he still has his. And, and as far as we know, Reggie Bush was like an upstanding citizen. He didn't break no laws. Yeah, he didn't get in trouble with the he police did. or anything like that. I mean, he he took care of his business and played great football. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. and even even like you know. Um, even like comparing, like you know, I don't want to get too far ahead, but like you think about his pro career, right? You know, obviously, if you think about the last like uh, fifteen years, you know, who who's one of the people that's automatically propped up as like one of the biggest busts in, in pro football? Jamarcus Russell. Which listen, he's a bust, right? He's a bust. But Johnny Manziel yeah. was just as big of a bust as Jamarcus Russell was, oh, right? Sure. Yes, he was. But but nobody ever talks about it that way because it's Johnny football, right? Yeah, Johnny football. The mantra, Johnny. That's right. Even think about the cash, the, the the cash celebration for the set. Like everything he was doing was like viral and meme worthy, and it was just like yeah. it was just yes, it was just in man. and out. It was just it was a two year run, and right. then for the NFL, like like like, and that's another thing when a player doesn't translate to the NFL to you trend like like, yeah. and that's a star in, in college. Like, what does that say to you? Also about the fact that. There were there were times where I you know in the documentary coaches were saying like he wasn't even like reading the playbook he was just he was freestyling out there <laughs> yeah well, 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 what did they say it said uh, he had logged zero hours on his iPad yes <laughs> log zero and he admitted it was like right. like yeah like bro that's right. not nothing proud of me he, he, he was he was uh, he was trotting out the Cardell Jones line about I'm not here to do school I'm here to do football right I mean he was that before Cardell Jones Cardell Jones right um, but yeah I think w- what it shows though is that man that 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 chasm okay the chasm from high school to college is wide and vast right that chasm from college to NFL is even bigger it's like you that. you have got to be a dude if you're gonna play. Yeah professional football especially if you're going to be a quarterback right and i mean I, it's not just in football i mean I, there's been times i've gone to see like college baseball games and being right here in atlanta i've seen the Braves play so many times over the last you know six or seven years i've been here and it's like like there are plays that a college guy is struggling to make that pros are making in their sleep right mm-hmm. and it's the same thing with professional football like there's just guys who are going to make plays that you will never see on the college level um, because they just don't have that, right? I mean, talking about Jamarcus Russell, phenomenal college quarterback, right? I mean, led LSU to many come from behind wins and was celebrated. But like, dude, like you couldn't just you can't you can't just throw a ball so hard into a window because guess what? The safety is just as quick now, and so and, and they they know your tendencies, they know what you're going to do, and similar to what you're saying, Will, it's in like, yeah, like you you can freestyle all you want. You can only freestyle for so long, right? Yeah. Uh, eventually, you're going to get destroyed, um, and you got you got to be able to stand in it. And I think at, at the end of the day, man, you know that's on, that's one of the Cleveland Browns for like thinking <laughs> yeah. they they can actually do that, right? Um, yeah. That that is yeah. all on them to be able to think that oh, we can take this guy who is you know skirting by on. You know, just making these crazy plays happen, and think it's going to transfer to the NFL. It just doesn't happen. You know, 
Um, yeah, the NFL is much is much slower to adapt things that you see on the lower levels, right? I mean, the NFL is just not going to the point where it's starting to incorporate elements of the spread. Um, and it, but the spread's been in college for what almost twenty years now. <coughs> yeah, it really is crazy. To you, Savon, what is that? So you know, obviously, Trent he, he explained it uh, perfectly. But but what did that? You know, what also stood out to you about that? Just that that inability to transition from college to NFL and it really not even uh, pan out for him. Yeah. To, <clears throat> excuse me, to piggyback on what Trenton was saying, it's, it takes more than talent to be a NFL star, or just an NFL player. It takes being in the weight room. It takes looking at film over and over and knowing the cues, knowing what the defense is going to throw at you, knowing just having the, 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 the knowledge of the game to slow the game down in your first and second year. And we've seen that the Browns have terrible history of picking quarterbacks with Brandon Whedon, uh, uh, Brady Quinn, uh, Johnny Manziel. Uh, the list goes on that they have terrible uh, scouting. And I don't understand how they didn't scout to see or talk because with, with scouting, when it, when the guy is in, in college, they go above and beyond. They talk to the players. They talk to the students. They talk to the teachers. They talk to the coaches. They talk to the people around them. Uh, is he in the weight room? Is he watching film? How much film does he watch? Like, what is his uh, home life? Like, they ask a bunch of questions detail. for scouts. Because, I, you know, yeah. So they, they're very de- de- detail-oriented to make sure the player that they're going to draft. I think they got caught up in the hype at, again, with this quarterback, Johnny Menzel, who has didn't show a strong arm to be in the NFL. Yeah. He was a short guy. He didn't have any pocket presence. He was he was loose. Sometimes him creating, you know, extending a play was cool in college. I think Johnny Manziel, Johnny Manziel was a prototypical college quarterback. Yeah. Just like, I hate to say it, Timmy T, prototypical college quarterback. Yeah. Didn't he have some success a little bit? Yes, but I think he was more so a better uh, college quarterback than an NFL quarterback. That's why he switched positions at the tail end to go to tight end just to see if he could play more. But I just think it, it takes more than to be a, you know, have that raw talent to be a good player in the NFL because everybody has that raw talent. Sure. Everybody. everybody. Yeah. The chances of you making a team is slim. The chance of you to, to last even three or four years in the NFL is slim. So Johnny Menzel, he just didn't, he didn't do enough to become an NFL superstar. Absolutely. Um, and I'm going to turn next topic from one of four stars. What would you give this documentary? Um, I would go with three because, you know, it was an, an you know, uh, interesting story to tell. It, it definitely took the, this one definitely took the college football world by storm. But the the ending of this really didn't sit well with me because it almost was like, okay, Johnny's just still Johnny. He's not changing. He hasn't just taken any responsibility. It. I'm like, what did that ending really I mean? That's like, a great point, why, man. Why yeah. didn't you string the pieces together to, to show some accountability taken and just like, some some there were some actual real remorse. I feel as though it just was like, well, that was a great run. I'm living my life now, and I and and that is what it is. Like it just, it just felt like a very empty ending. But uh, to you overall, uh, uh, a trend from one to four stars, what, what would be your rating for this documentary? Yeah, I, I'm running with a three, man. I mean, yeah, it's I mean, it, it's definitely not my favorite sports documentary I've ever seen. I think there's a lot more dramatic things I've seen in a documentary format. <laughs> yeah. um, yes, there's some like, that yeah, blow this yes. one out the water. <laughs> oh, for sure. The one with the penguins. <laughs> <laughs> right. Or you, you think about like uh, like uh, the, the one on, on the U. Oh, like, my goodness. Man, yeah, blows those are always blows good. one out of the water or like any of the, 30, uh, 30. the bad boy, <laughs> the, 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 the bad boy Pistons teams. Like that's a great documentary, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, that um, was too. Yeah, that yeah, was good because one. that's not just like one dude. That was a whole team who yeah. <laughs> was yeah. bad to the bone, right? So yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it, it's a three overall. I mean, it kept me, it kept me like locked in because again, I mean, it just yeah, as as people were just a sucker for like remembering what was right. It's like you know, I remember like I remember watching all of, especially like when Johnny turned it on. Like I think I saw at least every game that he played, at least a piece of it. And some of them, the whole game, like, and just, I, I, what's he going to do next, right? Um, yeah, so the factor of, like, going back and revisiting those moments is always going to be, you know, kind of key. But, but yeah, I, I feel similar to you, Will. And so it's just like, you know, um, it, it just really kind of left this taste of, like, yeah, he's just, I, I remember somebody asked me, was like, they were asking me about the documentary. I was like, what's, he's like, what's Johnny doing? I say, chilling on the ranch somewhere. <laughs> so that's he's it. Not doing anything. Yeah, he's, he's, not, he's not doing anything, right? And you know, I think that's probably for the best of his life at this yeah. moment. It's like, dude, dude, just like, just don't do anything with your life. Just stay alive at this point. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, t- t- to you, Savon, w- w- what would be your your particular rating for it? Uh, I'll I'll give it a two because it's nothing I haven't seen. They they didn't yeah. bring anything to the table that was like shocking. Yeah. Like, oh, I didn't know that. Like it was just a collective of things that people already heard. Now we just get it in a documentary, and Johnny Menzel is confirming it on a Netflix series. I mean, Netflix documentary. So it, he just gave his details on top of that, right? Yeah, just, <laughs> I'm telling you, bro. Everything he said, I've already heard. So I never heard about the uh, what was he say he that he blew through five million dollars in the club one night. I never heard about that. Like that dude. I'm trying to tell you, bro. <laughs> Everything. It was nothing. Oh, I'm not, I'm bro, not Johnny. Johnny was a, like he was a star. He was yeah. a superstar. Like even just being with him, it was just like like we heard stories like, bro, Johnny. Johnny pulled them all. Johnny used to knock them. Like we, I've had, got those stories. Like it yeah. was women chasing him. He was at one point. This is something he didn't say. That we got information, and he was like, he was knocking. He had like two chicks a day, knocking them down, like two a day. Like add that up. That's also Ric Flair type vibes, brother. Woo! <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. Everything that was told or like highlighted in this documentary, I've heard already. Yeah. Or had some Rehash like some, some some stories that kind of was like you know hand me down stories, but I've heard of it. So and then I'm still perturbed about the Reggie Reggie Bush thing. That, yeah, all of this stuff, and and it wasn't like when he was in college they didn't have NIL. It wasn't too far from when Reggie Bush was in NCAA. He was with the USC, so it, that kind of. But I, I, I like how it was shot. Day, yeah. But yeah, at the end of the day, the NCAA is the most useless organization in the entire world. Uh, cheers to that. Where's your where's your real solo cup hat? I'll cheer you to that. Hey. You to that. Like, I mean, like I, I don't know if y'all saw like this past week, uh, uh, Mason Smith, a defensive lineman for LSU, got suspended for the Florida State game next week, right? Because of a signing he did last last year, last that. summer, and um, because he got, he, he got injured in the Florida State game last year, he was out all of last year. So now the NCAA came in and said, "We're going to suspend you for." The Florida State game, so uh, because you need to serve, you need to sit down and serve your punishment because this was before NIL came into play. 
I'm like, y'all are a bunch of what? losers. <laughs> was it NIL in place last year? It, it was like right before it kind of went into place, I think. I'm like, yeah, I mean, y'all are a bunch of losers. Yeah, I mean, you sat there and watched the entire conference dis- disassemble itself and like let all these teams go everywhere they wanted to go. But yeah, oh, hey, kid takes a little money for signing an autograph. Oh, you, you can't do that. You need to sit for a year. I mean, and, and, I, and I, 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 that's probably the piece of documentary that kind of gets like dampered down now is that like all the stuff that he did, you can do now. I mean, could you imagine the money that Reggie Bush or Tim Tebow would have made in college today? What you My say, goodness. brother? <laughs> they would have made millions of dollars. Or even like, I mean, even like, let's take recently, Joe Burrow would have cash cashed out. in big time. Cash. <laughs> cash big time. Chase uh, Jefferson. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Would have been, NIL's been $10 million. That, yeah, that whole LSU team would have catched him, man. Every last one of uh what's the running back's name? Number 22. Yeah, Clyde. Clyde would have cashed him. He would have cashed him. Yeah. yeah, it was it would have been a frenzy, man. They'd be glad they did it now. They would have been <laughs> bankrupt trying to get these kids to do That's right. That's right. And it, 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 it started paying them in crawfish, like my money. <laughs> <laughs> Like, hey man, I ain't got the money, but here's some stuff. Here you go. <laughs> that was funny, too. That was a good one. Um, and and <laughs> now getting into our most memorable moments, I had um, autograph mania. Also, Johnny Johnny's agent is attempting to fake a family emergency to get Johnny out of taking a drug test. Uh, Johnny's oh. going to find, uh, Vegas vacation. Bro, uh, <laughs> that was so terrible, bro. <laughs> man. Oh. Um, Johnny not being satisfied with everything he had gotten and feeling empty inside this $37 million man and then finally welcome to the SEC. Uh, to you, Trent, were there any, um, you know, uh, scenes in this or moments of this uh, that, that kind of um, stood out to you the most? Man, you know, um, the the scene about him going home was, I mean, if, if there's anything about this that kind of like, oh, like it struck a chord was like, when he's like, I have nowhere to go but go home. And just seeing his parents like try to you know just try to take him in, try to mend their relationship. Um, it, it, it was it was a moment of like this realization that you know it, it's 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 a tale as old as time, right? You know, a person you know receives all this fame, receives all this money, and they have no infrastructure within their own lives or discipline in their own life to to know how to handle that and navigate it. Um, they crash and burn and. In some cases, they end up dead, uh, which almost happened to Johnny, as we saw. Um, but then also, like, there's also moments where they just they find a way to go home, and it's like, for me, that's. Uh, um, I-, I hope on the other side of this, like you know, ten years from now, that maybe there's, he jumps on whatever he does, like whatever Johnny does. I just hope he comes back and is like, yeah, I, I really mess my life up and you know hope that he finds clarity and you know, whatever it might be faith something just to kind of ground him right but just that piece about going home really stood out to me kind of his own kind of prodigal son moment right where it's like man listen my <laughs> i got people around my parents right now who are eating just fine right i'm not here trying to waste away with all this stuff so yeah. for me that just really stood out to me of like you know just the ability that, that he was able to the, – the chance he had to go home and and just yeah, hoping and yeah, praying yeah. that – That's beautiful. Hoping and praying that he 
gets it right. You know, I, I just, I, I don't know. I can't speak to Johnny. I don't know what his, like, I'm assuming his circle of friends is probably still the same. Um, but just, <laughs> nothing's changed. Nothing's changed. Uh, but but there's, there's a piece of like, man, get a chance to go home. It's a great thing. Um, to, to, to you, Savon, what, what were some of the, you know, mo- you know, scenes and moments of this uh, that, that you kind of remember the most? Yeah, that, that was a good point, Trent. That was that was one of them. That even though you probably you blew through all this money, you did this, you did that, you could always come home to your parents. Not always. Some parents yeah. won't let you come home, but you you have a safe haven. You have a place where you come and just you know re- reconcile or whatever you could do. But the one that stood out the most, and I knew I've kind of figured this. Uh, when they reached out to his agent, it was telling him that he didn't he didn't watch film, and you can tell yeah. that he never watched oh, film yeah. when he played. He looked like he was lost most of the time. He just relied on his ability, mm-hmm. and that only lasts for on a certain extent of time in the NFL because you got guys who run four 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 fives coming at you. You have safety that's run four two four three who have been in the league for six seven eight years who've seen everything. That you know, that came around elite, and they see all types of quarterbacks. So that just let me know, like he didn't take football serious. He he thought he was he 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 bought into the facade, he bought into the character, and thought that character was going to take over. He's going to be this great guy, like he was in college. Didn't believe in practice. And no, didn't even believe in practice. He <laughs> was just yeah. like, I don't have to practice as hard as you guys. You don't have to practice, bro. <laughs> You got to know what the yeah, defense is going to yeah. throw at you. Yeah, but but I mean, he, he alluded to that in like in uh, in um, in college. Like, yeah, I didn't go to practice. You know, I just showed up whenever I wanted to show up. Right. So it's a part of me wonders, like, you know, how many superstars do actually kind of skip out on practice, right? <laughs> you know, who like, you know, who's like, <laughs> not none of that play for Nick Saban. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm about to, I'm about to say that. I'm about to say that. Say on. It's like, but you know what? For all the glitz and glamour that he got. He's a Heisman winner. That's all he's got, though. Yeah. Oh, oh, cool. You want the Chick-fil-A bowl? Good for you, dude. You ain't got no rings, though. You had to come back to beat Duke, bro. That's insane. That insane. <laughs> you had to come back behind to beat Duke. I still never forget that game, though, because that was just like – I never forget that game either. <laughs> because remember how they they won it on a, on a um, pick six. I was like, oh, man, their defense helps them win the game. How about that? <laughs> Yeah, because their defense was not good. And that's another no. thing. That's another no. thing I wanted to get to. Like, like, what's the one game that you guys look back on on, on from Johnny Menzel? Is like, yo, that's just that's still the one that just etched in my brain. I, I mean, the Alabama one is just Dude, it's Alabama, be Alabama right? man, Alabama both, hands both, down, bro. Both, both one, yeah, both, both Alabama games, yeah, yeah, yes, bro. Yeah. I mean, just yeah, that I remember that first touchdown he threw uh, to Ryan Swoop, who. Man, I wish that guy would have got concussed all of his career. I feel like he would have been a stud receiver in the league if he would have been able to stay healthy. Um, kind of that West Welker kind of vibe build. But no, like, yeah, just, you know, he runs, fumbles the ball, catches it, and then throws it to the wide open. And I was like, oh, that's, that's a cold play, bro. <laughs> um, I, mean, it, it, I mean, and obviously for me, like, again, I'm, I'm coming with all of my bias right here as an LSU fan. Like to see them just shut him down the way they did for two years in a row was like, oh yeah, he is human, right? And 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 there was nothing extraordinary that they did. They just like, oh, you can't run this way. That's <laughs> all they did, and then they, they like forced him to stay in the pocket, 
mm-hmm. and throw the football. And he couldn't do Which it, is, right? Yeah, and he, he couldn't do it. Quarterback. So, um, but yeah, both those Alabama games, um, you know, and uh, I'm trying to think about, oh, oh, I, it was actually from that 2012 year. Um, I think it was when they played Auburn. And of course, by this time, Auburn had already, and they either already fired their coach or was going to fire Chiswick. And it was just, I remember Jordan Hare Stadium was like bone, in, bone, like oh, skeleton yeah. empty. Yeah. And like Johnny was just like, you, you know how you, you see the image of the, like holding by the shirt, like boom, boom, boom. <laughs> <laughs> like just merci- mercifully, you know, like with no mercy whatsoever, just beating down Auburn. And, uh, and by that time, he was like locked in and just like destroying everybody. Yeah. Uh, For sure. Yeah. But, 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 but I wonder though, like, this is always the, the big what if, right? Is if if Alabama doesn't play that super emotional game against LSU the week before Texas A and M as well? That's the thing. Do they? TJ yeah, yeah. Do, 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 do they go ahead and beat you know? And, and I, I, Nick Saban's quote that he gave after that game was, uh, he's like, he said it felt like the bluegrass miracle at LSU, like, and so I think it was like 2002. They they beat Kentucky on his last last second hail mary, right? Incredible play. The next week they come play Alabama at home, and Alabama shuts them out thirty one nothing. <laughs> like because like at the time the team didn't have the maturity to like be able to like reset and like okay we gotta we gotta play another game this next week we can't just live off of like what happened right yeah. um and the same I think in the same capacity I think Bama just like super emotional game with LSU the week before and just ran to a buzzsaw in Texas A&M because I mean as you saw I don't remember that game like Bama was close to coming back and winning they were that about game. to they were about and to come like, back and, and they lost it in the end right. Yeah. So, but, um, and of course the next year, I think as you saw, like with, with Kevin Sumlin, uh, who I think is a good football coach, but I don't know if he, he just doesn't have that extra gear, right. To be able to be totally successful, um, to that, that next tier of like a uh, football coach, like the next year that the defense has got worse and worse and worse and worse. Right. And, you know, you have great offenses you can put up points, but you can't stop anybody. Um, that's what happened that next year with Giant At Football. In the 13th, like, <laughs> he, he had to score anybody. 50 points by himself uh, just to win a football game. Yeah. Were, were there any other games, Savon, besides the Alabama one that, that, that you kind of remembered? Or was that kind of the main one? No, that was the most uh, profound one for him because mm-hmm. most of those touchdowns was in the pocket, the pocket yes. presence. He showed that he could he do it. it. He had some type of – Ability, but that wasn't his game. That's not where he's the his strength lies. Mm-hmm. But I, that's what I was looking for at the most. Like, can he be a pocket passer? Because the LSU game did show me that you can game plan against him, and it can work. Then Alabama tried to do that several times, mm-hmm. but that game he was just he was just on. Maybe he watched film that week. <laughs> <laughs> the one we actually watched film was against Alabama. Oh, Alabama, well, nah, yeah. I gotta go to practice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> Um, and now I can answer. Well, uh, well, what about you, man? Like, you asked, was there any games outside of that one that stood out to you? The the Auburn one, as you mentioned, that one was that was a moment. <laughs> that was that was that was a yeah. moment type of game because, like, he just that he was he was so locked in because there there are some games where he was fully locked in, fully poised. Yeah. That was one of them. And like you said, that when you can like deafen a crowd, um, a crowd mm-hmm. like that big, and just it, it's like you can almost hear a pin drop. That's just special. That was a top yeah. ten on the ground. Um, and and now next to the first time when he did, 
Oh, the I'm cash. sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go real ahead. quick. Nah, yeah, do you remember the first the time you saw him do this? And, and I was like, oh, I, I hate this guy now. <laughs> he ripped it off. <laughs> he ripped it off. He ripped it off. <laughs> and then, like, he, and then, like, Kevin, someone suspended him for a quarter. I guess Rice. I was like, bro, you're so weak, man. Hey, you, you, you wouldn't go. You wouldn't go do nothing to stop this guy from playing football. Mm-hmm. Like, anyway, <laughs> I'm sorry. I can rant about this. Quarter. Continue on, Will. <laughs> <laughs> um, and for remember quotes, I had uh, there's there's who you are as a football player, and there's who you are as a human being. Also, I almost felt like I had an alter ego. I wanted to be Johnny Football. Uh, Johnny Football never had a, a bad time. Also, I'm finding things that truly do make me happy without having to be in a spotlight every day. And then finally, I want to be able to put this story out there and just let it be what it is. Um, that quote, when he said, I just wanted to let it be what it is, that said a lot to me uh, because that's almost like this with the, the entire field of this documentary just was no, it was just, hey, this, this is what it is. I'm going to leave it out there and, and keep it moving. Uh, to you, were there any memorable quotes? Again, <laughs> what was the purpose <laughs> exactly. of this? But go ahead, Trent. <laughs> uh, uh, two, I think, you know, kind of like three kind of stick out for mine. I, I don't have them word for word, but like, um, number one, uh, a agent so and so. Can you talk to Johnny about watching his playbook because he has logged zero hours on the iPad, <laughs> bro. Uh, the, uh, the second one when they were talking, when they were talking through how they were having him drink water and pee like to kind of basically flush the hungover nature out of his system so he could pass a piss test. Um, and then um, uh, and when Cliff Kingsbury talked about like him like, basically rolling out of bed drunk to kill Mississippi State on the road. Yeah. I mean, just what a guy, what a college quarterback, <laughs> what a college quarterback. Wow. <laughs> what a guy. Johnny football, Johnny football, man. <laughs> <clears throat> Were there any, any quotes uh, that, 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 that stood out to you in this one, Savon? Nope. <laughs> I, as I was saying, I was be like, I'm Johnny football. <laughs> nope. None of these stood out. We can move on. <laughs> None of these stood out to me. Boo. <laughs> you will know, Trent, you will know when Savon is out on something, and Savon is fully out on this. He is like, no. Oh, yeah. <laughs> bro, it's a slap in the face, bro. It, it's parade. There is no purpose of this documentary because he has not changed. Yeah. Anywho. Because we're about to go, what's the element of this documentary did you like the most? <laughs> I already know what say say, it's an read in the future. <laughs> I can read it in the future. Go ahead. Um, to, to, to you, Trent, was there a particular element of this? Because I do feel as though showing the, showing specific details of, you know, mm-hmm. like like the behind the scenes of, of you know, what, what, he, what he wasn't doing. Um, and we knew, obviously, the... the the public knew certain parts of it, but not as detailed as this. Um, I thought like bringing that to the forefront was interesting, but uh, what particular element of this, of this documentary uh, uh, did you like? Yeah. Just tell the truth, man. Like if, if, if you stand behind what you did, why, 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 why hide it? Just tell the truth. And I think that was probably, probably the most refreshing thing is like, you know, even though like, you know, disclaimer, you know, like uh, we'll, we'll roll to this claim at the bottom of the screen right here. The, the views expressed in this documentary do not represent the representatives of this podcast right now, right? Uh, but like, yeah, I mean, yeah, there's something refreshing about him just being like, yeah, that's what I did. Yeah, I put five million dollars in the club. Yeah, I I hung out with Drake. Yeah, I did this. I did that. It's like, 
cool, man. Good for you. Good, good for you that you actually can be very honest about what you did. Not trying to like, well, man, just to listen to the pressures of college football, the pressures of being an NFL quarterback is kind of really really heavy. No, that's what you wanted to do, man. You just wanted to party and use football to get you that means to be able to party with whoever you want to party with. Good for you, Jonathan. You were honest about that. Hey, go to rehab and get some help. <laughs> I'll never forget. I'll never forget when he was on first take. The summer after like his first season, it was like when Miami was playing San Antonio and he visited there and he was given this, you know, just this well manicured speech about what he was going to do better and how he learned. And I was like, he is not going to do anything. Yeah. And you guys are buying no. it. <laughs> like it's just like the media, everything he said, every like built up speech that he was, you know, coached on and prepped on, it never it never came to fruition. Yeah. They got a good PR team, bro. Yep. That's all PR. That's all PR. Bro. Very coached. Very coached to PR, yeah. Absolutely. Um, and, and getting to our last topic, you know, how will this documentary age going forward? Um, you know, Sivan, you talked about how there have been issues, you know, like you, you didn't find the purpose of this. You know, there have been better documentaries. But like, what do you think, um, can this possibly, you know, can there be, uh, like, what other documentaries similar to this can do better at actually, you know, telling the whole story and what can be, you know, a cautionary tale for other athletes in this position? I think with any documented sports, animals, uh, whatever, safari, <laughs> I think the purpose of the documentary is the, it's where you go. Like that's yeah. the, the foundation of it. And just thinking of a documentary, it takes a lot for you to rewatch a documentary. Yeah. Because they're, point. one, there's, there's so long. It, you have to, where did Wellington go? I'll keep it going. I don't know where he went. I don't know where his video go. But oh, he's offline. Oh, his internet probably. I'll keep going though. But with the documentary, it takes a lot for you to rewatch it. And yeah, if you go into a documentary not knowing, not just not feeling the purpose of it, just like a glorified party boy. It's as yeah. like he's Van Wilder. I don't know if you guys watched that film, and it's it's based on a true story. He's an actual uh, comedian. I forgot his name. Uh, white guy, scruffy beard, always takes his shirt off. He's with, uh, he does the Bear uh, podcast. That movie is about him. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Went yeah. to school for seven years. That's basically, uh, that movie is about him. Yeah. So that's what it felt like. It felt like the next thing I'm going to do is in, do a movie on him to glorify what he yeah. did. It's cool. You're in college. You're enjoying yourself. But you're a, uh, a student athlete first. Yeah. You're a face of Texas A&M. And so doing this, Looking at this documentary, I don't think it has a purpose. I just think it was just like the, oh, y'all didn't know this. I'm about to, he's going to tell you everything y'all didn't know. So it, it doesn't have a purpose. I don't think yeah. this is going to be rewatchable, even if it's Johnny Football. Because yeah. a documentary takes a lot for you to, to rewatch yeah. it in, in itself. Well, I mean, it, it, listen, man, we, we, we live in a day and age where like, like good football players are like, are always going to be there. But there's always going to be somebody who surpasses what somebody else, right? And, yeah. and I think, you know, obviously, like, if we look at our, our grandparents and our parents, right, I mean, they had, like, a dude maybe, what, every 10 years, 15 mm-hmm. years, I'd be like, oh, man, that was a guy, right? He was amazing. Yes. And today, we could, we could surpass somebody. I mean, you think about this, I think it was the kid who, um, was it was it 2021, I think? Like, he, 
he broke one of Joe Burrow's records from 19. I'm like, what? Somebody already broke Burrow's record on something? Like, how in the, <laughs> yeah, how in the world does that crazy. happen, right? But it's because of the days we live in. Because, listen, everybody is expanding. Everybody is growing. Everybody is, like, you know, the latest little thing that somebody else has got. I'm pretty sure the school down the road has as well, too, right? Um, yeah. Now, obviously, what's going to be the biggest impact is, like, how – the portal continues to affect how these teams look, right? Because I think the schools, the small schools are going to be wrecked by this year after year. You know, especially you think about your South Alabama's, the UABs, you know, all that kind of stuff, right? Like they're going to be rated every year by these bigger schools because listen, it's just the nature of the business, right? But to, but to wrap up the documentary review trend, like what were your, you know, how do you think this documentary will age going forward and just kind of like, um, you know, we've had so many sports documentaries in the past. How do you think this one will look compared to other ones? Because like we said, it did feel incomplete, but it is a story that unfortunately, you know, we do see a lot of times with star athletes before they try to go to the pros. Yeah, I think this will definitely fall into like kind of the, just the the vast ocean of documentaries that we found ourselves in today, right? Um, yeah, I, I mean, there's nothing that makes me want to go back and revisit it, right? Like, you know, I mentioned... Uh, you know, I've mentioned that, you know, like the bad boy, like pissing documentary. Like that makes me want to like rewatch that because like those dudes are just like crazy. Right. I mean, even like the, the last dance, like the, and the, the, the I mean, it's a great one. I really enjoyed it, but like, but, but maybe it's just something about documentaries. Like, I don't feel like I need to rewatch documentary. You know, I could just like go look up the facts myself. Right. Um, and plus too, you know, save on as long as this, like to offer up this podcast, like, we lived it. Like we, we don't have to like be retold it now. Maybe my son, when he gets older, will watch it or whatever. But like, no, he won't. Yeah. your wife ain't gonna let that happen. <laughs> Dad, turn that Johnny Manziel. Listen, all you gotta know is he was a loser. Keep it moving. <laughs> but like, um, no, yeah, it, it, I think when it comes to documentaries. Because like it's such a niche thing, like there's going to be one of those like things, like hey, you just like there'll be some that you may like recommend, but you don't really revisit a documentary unless you just really, really, really yeah. love it, really <laughs> so, enjoyed it. Yeah, like the Lakers Celtics one, I'll revisit the best, right? Know, the, the, the best, or, 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 like, or like the one on the on the U, like that's a great one to revisit. Um, because I mean, this is just a, just an era of time, but, but who knows, maybe, maybe the generation coming behind us will view it differently and be like, Oh man, that dude was crazy, man. Let me tell you about that guy. Right. Exactly. They might really grapple, you know, grapple onto it. Or they won't never find out about him. They'll never find out about him. (laughs) Yeah. Cause he probably, never mind. Savon, why are you getting Don't do that, Savon. Don't. Well, Trent, uh, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on for, for, for this review, man. It's, it's, it's great as always. Appreciate it. Oh, uh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, anytime I get to hang with you guys and talk movies and sports, it's always a good time. Definitely. That wraps it up for tonight. I'm your host, Wilson Burns. I'm my kind of press. I'm This has been Full Scope. See you later. Thank you.